Did you know you can get email alerts about every new episode of this podcast? Sign up for free. Just click the link in the show description. It should be very difficult to distinguish the artificial intelligence technology from a human. And that's why we gave it the persona. It's all of all of works at your organization. She reports to a manager. She shows up for work every day. She does her job extremely well. She gets smarter over time. We did that in order to create that artificial intelligence, you know, according to the Turing methodology. This is Kotecki on Tech. I am James Kotecki here with Sean Lane, the CEO of Olive. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks, James. Great to be here. So, Sean, uh, Olive is AI for healthcare, but you come from a national security background, and your story is pretty interesting. So, how did you get from there to here? Yeah, I was actually in the intelligence community. I spent most of my career at NSA, at the National Security Agency, which was uh, kind of a longtime dream for me as a kid. I always wanted to be a spy, and I was uh, really into computers at an early age. So, I spent five tours in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, building pretty large uh, systems. We were collecting, you know, hundreds of thousands of rows of data every second and building software applications on top of that. And I got out of NSA in 2007. One thing led to another, started a company building software for the intelligence community. And I sold that company around 2012. And I was looking for what to do next. And about that time, my hometown, it's in southeastern Ohio, a small town called Gallup Police, was having a uh, big problem with prescription drug abuse, and they were looking for solutions. And you know, they knew I had a tech background, and they kind of asked if there was some technology that that we thought we could use to help with that problem. And that's when I really started to look at healthcare for the very first time. And it was a you know personal issue for me. I had a lot of friends and family who were affected by that, so I wanted to get involved and help out. Um, I started to look at healthcare information systems, specifically in the in the hospital in my hometown. And I, I noticed that it was kind of like um, the intelligence community before 9-11. No sharing of information, systems didn't talk to each other, uh, no interoperability, and that was one of the major problems systematically that led to a lot of the issues that we were having, not just with prescription drug abuse and diversion, but you know, really across the board in healthcare. So I kind of made it a, my mission in life to figure out how to connect those things together. The way we decided that would be the best approach was to actually create a software robot using computer vision and you know bringing in kind of machine and deep learning to, to be that interoperability layer so that software robot could log into any piece of software just like a human, operate it, and, um, and connect the dots between the, the different, the various pieces. So that's that's really how all of got started and how I transitioned from intelligence to healthcare. I really want to get into that robot piece of it in a second, the software robot. But first, can you be a little bit more specific how bad data, data challenges, computers not talking to each other, how does that lead to the prescription drug problem? Within healthcare, the the big enterprise systems are kind of like fortresses and the data sits inside those fortresses. And um, over time, healthcare has acquired lots of different enterprise software systems and the databases between those systems aren't, you know, they don't commingle, they don't talk to each other. So the ability to do entity resolution at scale and be able to determine that you're talking about the same patient, the same physician, the same drug, the same diagnosis is extraordinarily difficult. Um, there's some efforts to 
you know, homogenize the data feeds, but just like any enterprise, that's really, really difficult. Um, so with the software robot, we can, you know, log into the system just like a human would, and then do entity extraction and entity resolution on the data to connect the, the, the data together across the different software systems. So if I've gone to two different healthcare systems, for example, just to put this in specific terms, and Dr. A prescribed me some painkillers, and then I go to another healthcare system, it's possible that Dr. B could also prescribe me some painkillers, which is too much, but they don't talk to each other, so they don't know that. Right. Is that the basic problem? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of diversion, which uh, just means a patient trying to get more prescriptions than they should have. So doctor shopping is one technique to do that, so going for, to different doctors. And unfortunately, it's not even just within multiple health systems, um, multiple hospitals or care sites. It's, it's also within the same one because oftentimes, you know, the physicians are on a different uh, electronic medical re- record system than the, the hospital, the emergency room, for example. So they can even get, you know, multiple prescriptions within the same hospital within a given day or two. So that's that was the number one problem we were trying to solve is how do we how can that be possible that a patient can go to the same health system and get prescribed a drug three different times um, and we were trying to solve for that problem which led to you mm-hmm. know, that was a just a tiny symptom of a bigger bigger systematic problem which was hey there's no internet there's nothing connecting them together and so tell me a little bit more about the conceptualization of this as a software robot and the personification that you put on it. I noticed on your website, you talk about Olive uh, in human-like terms. You talk about Olive sure. as an employee that you can use, a digital employee. You even uh, give Olive uh, a, the female gender uh, when you're talking sure. about her. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me about your decisions to do that. How much of that is the way that the system actually works and how much of that is uh, marketing. And I'm a marketer, so I respect and appreciate that. But how much of that is marketing just so people understand what you're doing, even though it's not really like a human at all? As we were trying to solve the interoperability problem, and we spent all this time building this really sophisticated technology, and then we had to put that technology into practice. And the, the kind of way that everybody had gone about doing that was by creating software, which which in turn created another user interface mm-hmm. and you know people in healthcare already had 20 30 40 50 user interfaces to do their job and the last thing we want to do is introduce a new one so we were kind of figuring out how do we manifest this technology into practice and the idea was well what we really need to do is take over some of these administrative tasks that the humans are doing and if you look at healthcare it's a 3 trillion dollar industry it costs us 3 trillion dollars a trillion of that is just administrative stuff, you know, administrative personnel, administrative tasks, and healthcare is plagued with it. I mean, there's, there's, you know, hu- we, what we call human routers, so people sitting there doing repetitive, mundane tasks over and over and over again, uh, just to administer healthcare. And we thought, well, what if we were to create a digital employee um, that took over a lot of these jobs, that entered the HR system just like a human employee, that got credentials just like a human employee? that got, you know, an email address at the organization just like a human employee. And then we but we but we basically armed that that digital employee with this entity resolution capability, with computer vision capability to be able to see the screen and understand what's on it, and then a whole host of other data feeds and and you know dictionaries and ontologies and deep learning algorithms which made it this kind of super employee that could do anything and 
we so we we're we're kind of riding the edge of artificial intelligence and i'm kind of an old school ai person where i you know i I prescribe to the turing kind of ai methodology which is it should be very difficult to distinguish the you know artificial intelligence technology from a human Mm -hmm. that became one of our core focus areas is that if we're going to do this successfully and it would pass the turing test then you shouldn't be able to distinguish um, our software robot from a human, and that's why we gave it the persona. Uh, it's all of all of works at your organization. She reports to a manager. You know, she she shows up for work every day. She does her job extremely well. She gets smarter over time. So we 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 did that in order to create that artificial intelligence. You know, according to the Turing methodology. Does that make sense? It does. Are you, do you think you are? touching on something that goes beyond the healthcare space. I know that you're very focused just on the healthcare space, but as we think about ways that AI will uh, take a larger role in all of our working lives, do you Mm -hmm. think that you are showing something here in terms of how to get AI into a system that not everybody's recognized yet? I mean, I also think about a couple of years ago when when Watson beat, uh, beat Jeopardy, when Watson won the game of Jeopardy. And Again, I remember thinking like, well, that's not really a person. They just kind of gave it the name of Watson as a nice marketing tool, and they kind of gave it a voice and everything like that. But in so doing, it, it's not just marketing because the, the doing of all that makes people accept and understand how to work with that technology in a different way, which is just as important, if not more so, than the technology itself as getting people to actually adopt it. Yeah, I mean, I would say that we are – what we're showing is a deep vertical version of – uh, software robot. Um, we certainly didn't start, you know, the idea of software robots, but over the past few years, um, a technology called RPA, robotic process automation, mm-hmm. has become incredibly popular and well-known and distributed at an enterprise level across many, many industries. Um, right now, though, it's kind of like a tool. You know, it's a tool that you're using to create a robot that does a task, um, but it doesn't quite take you to the level of a digital workforce or digital employee. So we're taking that underlying foundational technology of RPA and we're taking it really deep and really verticalized in healthcare. So I think it's really, you know, for us, it's important that we focus in a really particular industry so that we can build a digital employee uh, that goes well beyond an automation, right? So there's a point where, you know, you can create technology to automate something but to have a digital employee that interacts with humans like a like a human that learns that gets smarter that suggests new ideas that's creative that um, comes up with solutions to problems in real time, you know that that really drives value on an ongoing basis. I mean that those kinds of those characteristics are are what takes an automation and turns it into a digital workforce, which is a which is at the next level. And I don't think we could do that if we were broad and applying it across multiple industries. So you mentioned that Olive has a manager that she reports to. How long do you think it'll be until Olive is managing the hospital? <laughs> well, I think that, you know, there's, Olive will continue to, to uh, take on more responsibility inside an organization. But, you know, the good thing about that is that it allows the humans to also scale. And, and the whole idea is that, you know, all of is part of a, a, a methodology or an approach that we call scaling humans. So I think we haven't seen 
the, you know, we haven't seen the capabilities of the human worker yet because we haven't had the opportunity to scale them by taking away a lot of these robotic tasks. Uh, so I don't think she'll ever be at the top of the food chain. I think the humans will always be there. Uh, but I think she will be able to take on more responsibilities as time goes along. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about the old classic, you know, our robot's going to take my job argument. But it seems like, especially in healthcare, when you're talking about a trillion dollars just going to administration, when you're talking about so many uh, well-known problems that need to be addressed in the healthcare space in terms of medical errors, data challenges, there was just a huge report on Axios the other day about how bad healthcare data actually is, which doesn't, sure. which won't, you know, allow for kind of that higher level AI and predictive things about uh, future people's right. health. It just seems like all that stuff is like so many places where we still need a lot of people to even just do what's possible now that automating this stuff is not going to be, I mean, do, do you get any? of that does anybody that you sell to actually think of this in terms of a job threat or the people that are on the front line do they think of that oh yeah i mean it is a it's a conversation that we have every single time um, with every customer because you know ultimately once you understand what it can do and once you see kind of all of working and really realize the potential you know your mind immediately goes to the inevitability that all of will be doing a lot of the work that your humans are doing today you know it really takes a reframing of of how we think about work in general. Um, for example, I mean, right now there's a hundred things they need to accomplish in healthcare, like just figuratively, and they're only getting to 50 of those. So there's a lot of capacity that still needs to be filled. And right now that's, that's where these digital workers are, are coming in. They're just filling capacity. But over time, you know, we'll have to start upskilling human employees to take on different tasks. So it won't be taking their career won't be taking their position but it will be taking the jobs they're doing today and shifting that work shifting that work to something else and that's a good thing that's that's what we've always done as a as a human race that's all that's what we've done as an economy as a society we've always shifted the work and you know the digital worker is a, is a really important part of doing that right now you know, I saw the American flag waving gently in the background as you gave that uh, last soundbite there. So I really appreciate that one, especially given your national security background and service. So we're going to leave it there. Sean Lane, CEO of Olive, thanks so much for joining me on Kotechi on Tech. Thanks, James. It was a pleasure.